Ta-da! I watched as the lady finished her quote-unquote masterpiece and watched as the professor went up, checked her work, and then said, this is the reason why I told you you needed to come to school. And the whole class was like, oh, as the lady's face just crumpled because she thought she was so good. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into the Humility Highway. I'll see you on the flip. All righty. So the story on the A part was from when I was a little kid in cosmetology school. I was 15. And this was my first time seeing egos clash because when you put a lot of creatives and artists in a room and give them rules, this is what you get. To make the long story short, we had a hothead who thought they knew it all when it came to their artistry and craft of of hair. And uh, they got taken down a peg by the professor when they insisted that they did not need to do all of this training. And the professor, I mean, the the instructor was like, okay, we'll do this haircut and I'll check it. And if you do right, you know, I'll, I'll see. And it was, oh my God, it was bad because (laughs) we could already see that what they were doing was they were like, they would cut and look, cut and look. And we had already, the class had already gone through the rudimentary skills of uh, cutting hair and cutting a basic haircut and learning the geometry, the angles, and all the different things that you take into consideration when you're cutting um, hair. And this person had not been there because they thought they were too good. So yeah, it went about as good as you could expect. And yet and still, I see that happen every day that people confuse talents, gifts, and affinities for skills, training, and education. And so I want to talk today about one of the biggest wisdom smacks that people need right now, and that is to get on the humility highway of learning your trade, your craft, your skill, and your knowledge. Now, I am going to be the first to say you can definitely bootstrap your way. You can hard knock it and you can do what you what you need to do if your resources are limited, whether it be to get to someone who is a master or even to afford it. But in today's society where we have things like YouTube and uh, free uh, MIT courses and many different um, ways to get knowledge, I'm almost going to say that you have little excuse. Uh, and and so that's why I want to start with this. Now, why do I call it the humility highway? Um, I call it that because you're going to have to humble yourself. And I want to talk about a process that I've mentioned before, but I've never uh, gotten into it in depth. Um, but it's a very intriguing process that a lot of people go through and don't realize that that's what they're doing. And that is the three-step process of, uh, or the journey of the apprentice to master, okay? And uh, I'm bringing this up because right now I am still hearing and 
people reaching out to me uh, of people who have had comfortable livings and jobs for years, decades, and because of downsizing and different technologies, companies that were so stable and were always going to, quote unquote, be around because they're cutting edge and they still are. Uh, are letting people go. And it's not because the companies are doing badly. It's just that what they needed them for is becoming obsolete. And thus, I am seeing a lot of people flooding LinkedIn and the job market, and they are trying to get these upper level positions uh, for jobs that are becoming scarce because when you got a lot of supply and a little bit of demand, it's not pretty out there. And so this is to help you if you are trying to figure it out, like how do I rebound or how do I get ready for the next wave? You can tell in your gut if you're on a job and it's looking murky and every time you look around, they're either doing layoffs or offering early retirements or whatever it is. This is probably telling you that you're going to have to get on the humility highway in a minute. All right. Now, I like to use the word highway and not freeway or superway or road um, because with a highway, uh, it's a journey and it's, it's not necessarily a straight path. It can be winding, but it will get you to where you want. All right. So now let me just talk a little bit about this um, whole apprentice to mastery kind of thing. OK. I first got intrigued with this process when I learned about Da Vinci and, and Michelangelo's uh, backgrounds and how in Florence and in many areas of Italy, when they grew up, uh, that was the way uh, practitioners, artisans, um, uh, artisans, excuse me, artisans and others learned their craft. So there was not necessarily a university open to them as much as it, it was these huge uh, workshops where masters would get inexpensive labor and they would offer the people who had promise uh, a little bit of a wage, but they would take care of their food, their housing and stuff, and they would work for them. Okay. So the biggest uh, thing going up, you know, through that rank was to prove yourself. And I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I learned that a lot of these uh, apprentices would start as early some depending on what it was, as early as 10, 12, or 15. So these were basically kids learning craft, going off to learn with the explicit understanding that this is how you're going to take care of yourself. And can you think about a 10-year-old trying to be in an apprentice situation and um, having to, to stick to these regimens? I mean, it was hard for me when I was 15. I didn't want to, after the newness wore off, I wanted to, you know, be around my friends. I didn't want to have to go to cosmetology school, you know, after school and, and all this other stuff. It was not fun. And I was trying to be uh, in extracurricular activities as well. So, I, yeah, I had a lot of juggling and I had a lot that I had to learn fast because, in this type of model, you don't really have time to be a kid. You have to employ a lot of emotional support, development, and things to make it through. 
And so it's really an act of, of humility to, to do this, especially when you are relying on a master to show you things, to uh, help you get your skill and your tools and all of that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about that real quick too. And it can, it can really shock you. You know, think about what it would feel like if someone told you starting tomorrow, everything that you know that you're proficient in, you no longer can use. And now you've got to learn this other thing. Oh, and by the way, the other thing is very intricate and it's going to take you about seven years just to get to the point where we might say that you don't have to work under the watchful eye of your master, but you're still going to have to report to your master. And then maybe after that, in a few more years, if you can turn in a masterpiece, then we might make you a master too. But there's no guarantee. And that's what people were basically dealing with. And that's what, I hate to say it, is possibly happening to a lot of people now. Think about the the people that are going to code camps and uh, trying to learn how to code because they need to replace their income and that seems to be the way to do it. Or think about the people. I mean, I actually uh, have quote unquote apprentice kind of things under me where uh, when I run classes or I take on clients and I teach them how to write fiction all the way up from writing it to uh, getting it published to setting up your business, same thing. And I, you know, thank goodness I'm, I've gone through that um, and helped a lot of people, but it is an act of contrition. It is, it's not easy. And so with our wisdom smack today, I'm going to say that you might have to get ready, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, that you might have to get ready to go on um, this humility highway to learn a craft and a trade. So I want to just, you know, go through some things real quick and then I'll let you go. But I want to give you some inspiration, food for thought or whatever it is that you need right now. Um, Before I go any further, I want to mention a book that I've mentioned in the past, but this book is very apropos today uh, for what we're talking about. And the name of the book is So Good They Can't Ignore You. And then the subtitle is Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for Work You Love. And it's by uh, Professor uh, Dr. Carl Newport. And I'll put the links in the description of the, of today's episode. But I really want to make sure that I put that out because this is one of the, the best books for helping to explain what it takes to be ready for people uh, to pay you what you're, not what you're worth, but pay you what you ask and all this kind of stuff. And I love it because for grownups, he says, he says, look, if if your past being a kid, you don't have time to be interested in passion. You got to be interested in skills that will support you and your family. And so I love the tough love that he puts out right at the beginning of the book. And then he talks about how to develop, you know, these skills and the things that you need to be concentrating on. Okay. So on this humility highway, it really, it, it starts where, If you're going out to learn a new skill or whatever, you first have to understand that it is set up to knock the rough edges off of you. A lot of people, like I said at the beginning, they 
rest on their talents and their giftings and their affinities. So what's the first thing someone does when maybe they are making a career change? They say, well, I'm pretty good at this or that. I guess I'll do that. And then some of them will go and, you know, take a quick little course and uh, they're like, I'm ready to go. But then the more savvy folks will go and they will do what they need to. And that is they will hire a coach or they will go to a class and then they'll move to a coach and then they'll move to a mastermind, you know, where it's a mastery kind of training. And all the while they're still doing stuff. And so what they are doing is they are recreating the apprenticeship program, whether they know it or not. Um, Case in point talked to a person the other day who is doing this. And I was so impressed with their wisdom that they were like, I know I need this. Yeah, I might like real estate and land, but I know I need to do this. And I need, and they even talked about humbling themselves. You know, this person has been very successful in um, another industry of business. And for them to humble themselves to go and sit at the feet of, um, you know, of masters and pay them to teach them, I thought was brilliant. And I was like, you know what? That's a wisdom smack that I want to share. And so then the next thing is, is, On this thing, you're going to have to learn how to uh, deal with the master's tools dilemma. Now, this is something that I learned um, fairly recently, but it made all the sense in the world. And uh, the master's tools dilemma is such as this, and that is you can't use, fully use the tools that the master uses to effectively do anything because they're the master's tools. And what happens when you try to learn something? Think think with me, you guys. You go in and you learn. Maybe they give you a curriculum and they give you, you know, your starter kit, tools, whatever it is, and then you have to work with them. Well, the first thing you're going to notice if you're doing the work is that everything is going to feel awkward, frustrating. Uh, it's going to feel cumbersome and cl- you're going to be clumsy and it's not going to be a good good thing. Then <laughs> for some, depending on what you're going to be doing, there you're going to be taught to do things the way the master does them. Um, I am left-handed. And so because I am left-handed, a lot of times when I was having to learn stuff practitioner-wise, I was being taught by a right-hander. So not only did I have to try to mimic what they were doing, but I had to mirror it and reverse it and te- and even teach myself, you know, okay, they did this, you know, and 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 all of this and it was it was ooh, it was hard. And they had no patience. They were like, "Look, you got to figure it out." I, I can't teach you left-handed. You got to figure it out. And so that's part of the master's tools dilemma that everything they do, you're not going to either be willing or able to do it because it's not your style. So in the meantime and in between time, you still got to learn it, how they do it enough before you break it, before you start doing your own thing. And that's really hard for a lot of people because for some folks, they just have a natural gifting where they can be like this. You don't need to do all of this to achieve that. And they might very well be correct. 
But in the meantime and in between time, when you're starting out, especially as an apprentice, you got to learn how to do it how the master does with the master's tools. And it's not going to be fun. And you're not going to ever probably be as good as the master using their tools. So learn the basics, the foundations before you, you know, reject it and learn enough so that you know how the master teaches it. And then you can start changing it around. Okay, I hope this is resonating with somebody and thank you for sticking with me. So the next thing I want to talk about is how to start moving through this process. So I've talked about, you know, the apprentice and then there is a next stage called the journeyman. And then after that is the master. So there are three stages. You may know them differently as assistant, associate and then full. So if you are training to be a scholar or teacher or whatever, you would see those types of things, assistant, associate, I mean, excuse me. Yeah. Assistant, associate, and then full. I even see it when I, um, am watching, um, uh, Bon Appetit, how they give different titles and then they have like, um, assistant associate, and then they have senior instead of full, you know, so you see this this uh, model all over the place. And trust me, people have had to humble themselves and work through it to move through those levels. And I just kind of want to make sure that you are aware that if you are in the predicament where you got to change careers, you got to start from the bottom, but you also have to humble yourself and not let your ego put you out there where you think that you know what you're doing. Because there are a lot of people who are out there and they don't realize they're doing shoddy work and they don't realize that the reason why it's so hard for them to get it going in the industry is because they're quote unquote, like we like to say it in the South, uh, your slip is showing, meaning that you might be good, but you're not polished. And that's the next thing that I want to talk about on this humility highway. There is a, a, a apprentices test, if you will. And that is you aren't ready to go out on your own until you know how to make or use the right tools. You know how to employ the right skills and those talents and gifts that we talked about before, you've perfected them enough to be able to survive on your own. And what we talk about here is the same thing that happened when I was talking about the professor, uh, I'm not the professor, but the instructor who went through that person's haircut and showed them all the areas that they missed. And the sad part one reason why it was so sad is because when the person was standing there getting evaluated and being shown this stuff, they were scratching their head like, I didn't know I was doing that. And, and, and why couldn't I see it that way? And what the instructor was teaching them was in a certain industry, people who have gone through skills training, who have gone through education and who have gone through deliberate practice, doing things over and over again, they learn and they they stand on the shoulders of their predecessors, aka the masters, the journeymen. And thus, you can start to tell when people have been formally or what we would call formal or classically trained, as opposed to people who have gone it alone, who are mavericks and all of that. Now, am I saying that everybody has to go through this humility highway? I am not. 
and you can do whatever you want to. I am just putting this out as a wisdom and you can take it or leave it. But in some um, industries and categories of what you want to do, if you want to get paid and command certain um, rates, then yeah, you're going to have to do that because there are going to be people that are like, "Mm -mm, this is shoddy. Think about just a carpenter. Um, That is a perfect example. What's the difference between someone who has apprenticed under people who knows how to polish off certain things and knows based on other people's wisdoms, what types of tools and materials to use so that it doesn't just look pretty, but it has a longevity to it, a lasting power. It has great craftsmanship and the work it, it speaks for itself. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about getting on this humility highway to make sure that you're doing what you need to. Because I'm going to tell you, during that apprentice time, when you are a practitioner in learning, the very word apprentice means new learner. You're not only going to be subjugating yourself to someone else's um, opinions and thoughts and um ways of teaching you, you're also going to be learning the tricks of the trade that can only be learned through the sharing of this knowledge and this formal training. One of the things that I learned uh, when I was um, going through cosmetology school was to let our creations teach us. And I would have never known that if I hadn't had formal training. And what that meant when when they were telling us or teaching us that was that when you create, your creations are going to demand or command from you, whichever level you're at, to step it up a little bit more. There were times when there was something I wanted to do and I would go into the practice room and over and over again, I would miss the mark, fail on it. And then the good thing was, is I could go to an instructor and say, this is what I'm trying to do. And they would pull from their repertoire or either ask other instructors, hey, you guys, do you know how we can help her achieve this? And as a collective hive mind wisdom, if you want to call it that, they would help me with, okay, well, you can try it this way or that way. And the thing is, is they would give me more than one way to approach it, depending on all of these different variables that I had no way of knowing. Um, the other day, I was blessed to talk with someone in a, in a adjacent industry um, to mine. Um, and I'm just, all, I'm in awe of what these people do. And they were talking about some of the issues that they run into with clients. And the, and the issues are that these clients are taking money from other people to do services. But then when they go in and they do the deep dives that, they're, that, that these companies hire them to do and they bring them back to them, they find that these companies don't know what they don't know to help their clients. And so... It came back that I was like, well, how does this happen? And they say, well, you get these people who pass on information because they did it and it worked. And then they, you know, just continue to pass on, not necessarily bad, but information that does not keep up with the times, does not keep up with good standard practice. And that's how you can start to have an infiltration of shoddy work that will get people in trouble. And I was like, yes, I definitely have to talk about this today. You guys, 
you have to humble yourself and get on that highway because after you are an apprentice and you can now start to prove that you understand how to use tools and skills and how to protect, protect, excuse me, how to perfect though any kind of gifting or, or talent you have, it's then time when you can move into what they would call the journeyman. And this is the professional. This is the person who is certified to be competent in a skill. How many times have you had someone where you might have interacted with them and uh, they say they do something, but then when you get a chance to see it, it never looks like they became proficient at it. Um, I remember telling you guys a a little while ago about uh, this walking trail I like to go on. And there is a person that from time to time, he plays uh, his violin out there and he plays it right on the track. I mean, right there on the edge of the track, whether we want to hear it or not. And um, he's been coming out there, I know, for the last four years. And through that time, he has never gotten any better. He still screeches. It still doesn't make any sense. And I was like, oh my gosh, how does this happen? And this is an example of what happens when you don't humble yourself to try to find those who have a system and a way of uh, doing the best work, best practices, and those types of things. Now, I'm not trying to crush your spirit, little, little dumplings. I'm not. I'm simply saying that if you find yourself in this predicament where you know it's time to make a change and you got to learn some new skills, as soon as you can. Try to find those people who are professional and who are consistently doing the work. They don't have to be killing it, but people have no problems giving them money and they don't come and ask for refunds, okay? So I'm gonna just say that. All right, and so with the last few minutes uh, that we have, I kind of wanna talk a little bit more into moving through this journeyman to mastery level because everybody thinks that, oh, I'm gonna just master this and they don't understand what it takes to become a master. For the most part, Mastery is after you have um, presented a masterpiece and people recognize that. Uh, Usually it's something like if you're working on a PhD, you have to present a dissertation. If you are becoming a medical doctor, you have to pass your residency boards and all this other stuff. There are always barriers that move you from a professional to a master. And it's not necessary, again, I'm not saying, don't say Michelle said you can't be a master unless all these other people agree with you. I'm not saying that. But what I am trying to get you to understand is that you can't take it lightly. And don't just think, oh, I'm going to do this. Too many times I see people who buy a home study course. There's nothing wrong with the home study course. I sell them. But they buy a home study course and then some of them promise, oh, you'll be able to do this skill in just one weekend. And everybody else in the industry has been doing it five plus years. And you think over a weekend, you're going to be able to charge or, or produce the kind of work that they have been producing? Please, you guys, do not, do not get sucked into that. All right. So with the master, 
there's also a lot of other stuff that you have to take into consideration. In the classical model, the master was the person who was responsible for overseeing the training of a lot of these apprentices. They had their own shop and wherever they were located, they were basically the person who was putting their neck on the line for whatever these apprentices churned out. And if the apprentice did something wrong, guess who had to fix it? The master. And so there is more to it than just being able to puff your chest out and say, I'm a master. No, when you get into this mastery role, you're responsible for other people. You're responsible for getting them to certain levels. Most people say, oh, I, I, you know, I'm fine with just being a professional, you know, the journeyman, because they don't want that responsibility because with much comes much responsibility, you know, Spider-Man. So I really kind of wanted to just put this out here. So in my last few minutes, I'm going to go back through and talk just a little bit about the summary of what we've gone over today. Um, I talked about the book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for the Work You Love by Cal Newport. I'm going to drop the link in the description. And then I also talked about how on the humility highway, you have to understand that part of this is about knocking the rough edges off of you to be able to teach you how to get some polish and some professionalism to whatever it is that you're going to be doing. And it's okay if you want to get out there first, if you're limited by resources, but I'm going to encourage you as soon as you can, pay for the resources and get the professional help. It will only do you a major solid. And be willing to understand that you cannot coast on talent and gifts alone. It will not work. It, it, it No, it just will not. Understand that you're going to have to truly learn how to uh, build your skills and how to use the tools of the master first and then your own tools. And as you're doing that, be willing to become a first, a new learner as in an apprentice and understand you're not ready to go out on your own until you're able to use your own skills and your own tools in a perfected way so that you don't bring shame on yourself or on the person, you know, mastering, you know, over you. Now, of course, masters can also be called mentors and coaches. There are many different ways that we look at them. But for the most part, I would encourage you, especially if you are finding that you need to change uh, careers and jobs, do it the right way as soon as you can. Get some type of uh accountability. Okay. And so with that being said, I'm going to encourage you to not shirk away from what might seem like a normity, but understand that you can do this. And I hope that this is helping you guys. I hope that this is uh, going to help steer you in the right way because wisdom is always standing there waiting, you know, for you to say, okay, I'm ready to go. And, um, doing this is only going to help you. All right. So yes, my time is up. I I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another wisdom smack. And I'm going to encourage you to go on and buck it up, buttercup, and get on the humility highway. And thank you so much. Don't forget to use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ for all your Amazon shopping. And you guessed it, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.